Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and we are delighted that you can join us today. Hey, listen, if this is your first time listening to Shouts of Grace, we want to welcome you and let you know that you can go on to our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there you can have access to the archives, and you can listen to all of our past broadcasts. I believe we were up in the area of 80-something-odd broadcasts. I'm not, I'm not completely sure of the number, but that's available to you. Um, as well, you can drop us a note or an email asking us a question or, or perhaps a, um, you know, a, a suggestion on, on maybe a future topic. Um, if you are a returning listener, we want to welcome you. We want to thank you for your support. And listen, if you um, live in the northern Utah County area and you are looking for a church, a place to fellowship, and you haven't checked out Redemption Hill, why don't you stop by and say hi? We meet on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Sarat- in Saratoga Springs at Vista Heights Middle School, and you can get more information by going on to rhutah.church. Um, if you are new to Shouts of Grace, to let you know, we kind of do what we do here is we have uh, biblical discussions around biblical worldviews and and sometimes topics and in scriptures uh, facing facing our, our society and our world today, and, and we just take a, a, a godly perspective on that, and so um, we hope you enjoy the program. Um, over the last several weeks, we've um, gone through this series um, where we're um, looking at lessons from the pulpit, where we're basically tapping into the to the vast experience of, of different friends that I have from, um, from different churches around the country. And so um, this morning, um, we have... A friend of mine um, who I personally view as as a mentor. I don't, I don't think he realizes how, how much of an impact he's had on our church and 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 us and uh, me and my wife personally. Um, but but Pastor Robert Marshall from Risen Life Church, welcome, my brother. How are you? Thanks, man. Doing well. Good. You, you you're you're like a relic, man. You've been around for a long time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We moved to, th- to Utah 37 years ago. Awesome, awesome, and you have, um, and I know we've been our, our church and me personally have been great, great um, benefactors of a ministry that you have personally. Um, if you can talk about that just for a second, yeah, my wife and I run a ministry, a helps and encouragement ministry to pastors in the state of Utah. It's called Streams in the Wasteland Christian Ministries. Nice. And, um, we just try and come alongside pastors and be whatever kind of encouragement, help, blessing we can to them. And, and that's Been not doing that for twenty-seven years. And, and that's not something you just do in Utah, though. Oh no, no, it's not. We've, um, you know, the, one of the features of Utah is it's kind of a drive-through state for evangelicals. So mm-hmm. we make we make friends with pastors, and then they move, and then we stay friends with them, and end up. Wonder where they are and trying to be an encouragement to them there also. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so you pastor at Risen Life. You're one of the you're one of the teaching pastors. Me and my wife, um, 2015, went went there and and you guys planted um, Redemption Hill out of there. Um, so you've you've had quite a bit of experience with with pastors starting off, with pastors that have been in it for a while, and with pastors that are coming to the end of it. And so you, you have a lot of 
um, 40, I believe it's 40 something years of experience in ministry, you have a lot of insight and you've learned a lot of lessons and, and, and no doubt, you know, you and I talk often. So you, you've, you've learned a lot of what not to do probably both from your own, your own choices yeah. and others. Um, you know, when, when you think back of, you know, all the time that, that you've walked with Jesus and just some of the things that are just invaluable, some of the things that he has showed you that, that you're just, man, um, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's pain, whether it's loss, whatever it is, what, what stands out to you the most as to, man, this is something that, that God has used to shape me in ways I would have never dreamed of without which I, I would have been the man I am today. You know, brother, when you mentioned this to me last night, I, I thought about it, and it took about five seconds. You said, what's the number one lesson you've learned in ministry? And it took about five seconds to come up with the answer that I wanted to give you today, and that is that before I'm a pastor, I wish I'd have known this so much earlier. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I started out, my brother said, Robert, you got to learn the difference between urgent and important. The old lady in the hospital is urgent. The little boy standing by the front door with the baseball and gloves saying, but dad, you said is important. Wow. 10 years from now, the lady won't care. 10 years from now, you hope the boy does. Mm. Um, that, that was such a great piece of advice, you know. Um, but I think the most important lesson that I wished I had learned earlier on, Steve, was that before I'm a pastor, before I'm a minister, before I am any kind of in uh, full-time ministry, I'm a Christian. Hmm. And, you know, when I, I, I we left ministry, quote-unquote, for a few years, during that time we, we helped start two churches. We led about eight community groups, home groups type things, and traveled thousands of miles doing ministry, and I ran my own businesses. And I got to see what it's like on the other side of how difficult it can be running businesses and having schedules, that kind of schedule, you know, and then the preacher telling you, you need to be more faithful. And I'm going, golly, man, we got to keep our perspective straight. And the thing that we tell them is you're a Christian before you're an employee, you're a Christian before you're an employer or a business owner or anything else. And I would say the same thing about ministry, that if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, apart from what I do for a living, then I'm really no different than the people that we say, oh, you need to you need to have a better relationship with Jesus before your work. Mm-hmm. What do you, I mean, how, you know, you bring up a good point. It's like the kid by the door with the baseball bat and the glove, you know, and, yeah. and what, what do you, because I've personally had the hardest time with the demands that, that ministry puts on you. There's just no getting around it. Me and my wife have often, you know, in, in our early years and, and frankly, even today, you know, when, when we struggle with things usually at the top of the list is is her declaration I didn't marry the church I married you and and that's yeah. that's the for me that's the litmus test to say okay something something's getting skewed here I'm getting out of whack how how do you manage that I mean you've been at it way longer than I am how do you manage the demand that is you know I mean Mo- Moses had this demand on him from people right I mean it was wearing him out how do you manage the demand that's that's there. It's unavoidable in ministry, and the responsibility you have to what you said is is important because I think most pastors, and, and frankly, not even a pastor. I mean, most Christians. If you if if you're a, if you're a man that's working, you know, and and you're trying to be in the church and 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 work and provide and be a father, and and same thing with a mom. Like, how do you how do you manage 
the expectations of being a Christian and, you know, and in life. That's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It definitely is hard because there are a lot of demands that just have to be addressed. But what I have tried to do is live in terms of what will matter a thousand years from now. The only thing, you know, we all have hobbies. We all make stuff. You know, most everybody does. But the only thing that I have any part in making that has any hope of making it to the other side is my kids. Hmm. All of the hobbies that I do, it's all going to burn. You know, we both came through the 70s and 80s, you know, the Jesus return and stuff. It's all going to burn. But my kids at least have a chance. If they'll receive Jesus, they have a chance of making it to the other side. And, you know, somebody, we've said for years, if you gain the whole world with a great ministry and lose your own kids, what does that profit? Mm. Mm. I, I have tried my best to think of life in terms of what will still matter in a thousand years. And the simple reality is, I, you know, I want to go visit the little old lady in the hospital. I, I like the little old lady. I get it. But there are times that I just cannot. And I'll make a phone call or I'll make a phone call later and say, I'm, I'm really sorry you've been sick. But... There are things that are just, I'm sorry, they're important rather yeah. than urgent. Yeah, and, and you know, when you're saying that, I, I think of something that, that, that Jesus said in the most intimate prayer, you know, to the Father in John 17. He said, he said Father, of those you gave me, I lost none. And, and, yeah. and, and I, like the, I, I like the picture that Scripture paints, that, 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 Jesus, that the marriage is a picture of, of the relationship between Jesus and the bride of Christ, right? And, and the idea yeah. is that that those whom God entrusts to Christ, whom those whom the Father entrusts to Christ, he didn't lose any of them. He he brought them through. And and I think in terms of that, when it comes to my family, it's like, Lord, of those you gave me, you know, have I lost any? Ha, have yeah. I have I labored? I mean, I was just thinking last night, um, Pastor Robert, you know, I got up, I couldn't sleep. I got up at, at, at 2 in the morning. And how often, you know, we'll get up and we'll just... And I felt the Lord put it on my heart. You know what? Go stand in the doorway of your daughter's door at two in the morning and just pray for her. Pray for her purity. Pray for her yeah, her wisdom. Pray. I mean, and then I went and stood in my son's door. And it's like, here yeah. we are. It's like those opportunities that we have to 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 really invest in our in our family are 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 priceless. You know, and my oldest oh, yeah. daughter McKenna's getting ready to get married, and I look back at, at the wonderful relationship we have. But you know, at the same time. You know, I, I've got this, and you know this, we've got people in our church that have great needs, and I, I struggle with this. I struggle with this a lot. And so and so maybe maybe what, what we can do on the other side of the break is maybe you can talk about just your experience over the years as you have watched people not prioritize their life and where that road ultimately ends. And, and, and maybe that can be an encouragement to some of the listeners that are struggling with with prioritizing their lives. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. 
Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. I'm your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. I am on the phone with a very good friend and mentor of mine, Pastor Robert Marshall from Risen Life Church in Salt Lake City. And Pastor Robert, before the break, we were just talking about the necessity to prioritize our life. And so, you know, you've you've been alive longer than me. You've had more experience in marriage longer than me as a father longer than me. So you're definitely more qualified than me to talk about this. How does... How does a person prioritize their life in a way that honors God? Well, we have, we, in my mind, we have to keep, first off, I'm a Christian. I have a relationship with Christ. Secondly, I have the responsibility to pastor my home first. We tell everybody in the church we have to pastor our homes first. And that that's just my responsibility. And, you know, my kids are all grown, gone. They're all married now. and We have grandkids, all that jazz. But primonies, I still minister to them. I still want to make it. And here's the reality. Here's what's interesting. You know, Jacob, uh, uh, Isaac loved God. Isaac had a covenant with God. Isaac had Jacob. So Jacob's got it made. No, Jacob doesn't have it made. What, what relationship I have with God does not guarantee any relationship that my kids are going to have with God. And for Jacob to have a relationship with God, he had to wrestle with Jesus and come to a point of saying, I'm not going to turn you loose unless you bless me. And what's interesting is that that's the point at which his name was changed to Israel, mm. the Prince of God. And then he went off and built his own altar that said, God, El Elohim Israel. God is the God of me. That's that's his conversion. It was after his wrestling. Hmm. So I look at my kids. You know, my oldest is 36. Youngest is 29. I have five kids, and then we raised a nephew also. And some of them are wrestling. And I feel bad for them. But I cannot jump in and save them. I cannot jump in and make it all better. Because this is their finding out that God is their God. And it's scary. I I want my kids to do well. I want them to make it, but mm. I, I can't jump in and rescue them. That's as a much great. As I would like to. That that's a man. That's a great point. You know, I I I think when you're you're talking about that, I think of the 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 woman at the well that after she leaves Jesus, she goes and tells a bunch of a bunch of people in the village, "Hey, come and see a man who told me everything about myself." And then and then they come back to the woman and they say, "Now we believe, yeah. Yeah, not because absolutely. of what you said." But we yeah. ourselves have seen and heard him. And I think that that goes to a, a bigger point, and that is stress. And whether it's in the family or, or frankly, to be honest with you, whether it's in the church and you're, and you're pastoring congregants, that people need a personal relationship with Christ. And I can't Absolutely. live their faith for them. And, and I yeah. think sometimes, I mean, you were there during, during some of the darker times, you know, in the last few years mm-hmm. that, that me and my family went through. I think some of the sometimes we feel that 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 somehow we should be preserved from those hard times and those difficult times when, in fact, it's those very hard times and those difficult times that give us God, that give us that relationship that we say we want. And so, you know, you you're not a stranger to to disappointment, betrayal, you know, in in 40 years of ministry, you've you've had Mm -hmm. quite a bit that's happened. Um, and you've even written a book about about some of how to deal with that stuff. When when you talk about betrayal, when you talk about being hurt, is, is there this silver spoon that exists in the heart of the in in in, in the in the heart and the mind of the mouth of a Christian that that assumes that they should be immune to any hurt and pain and trial? I mean, what what do you, what do you see has happened over the years, and and what has kind of 
what, what, what has happened to you that makes you believe that, man, I believe that that all of what we go through, it, it, it belongs to God as a tool to refine us? Well, we we have all gone through those things, and there has always been, you know, I'm, when I was coming up, I never heard anything about Christians are going to suffer. In Philippians 1.29, it says it's been given to you the privilege, not only being called by his name, but also to suffer for his sake. And we're filling up in our bodies the sufferings of Christ. Um, we never talk, we, we were never told about that. And then it starts happening, you know, God, what are you mad at me for? No, this is the way of the cross. I preached on Asaph in Psalm 73 this past Sunday about all of the things that he was just so bummed out about. He was discouraged. And he said, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had almost slipped. He's on the way out. But he came through it because he got alone. He got alone with the one he was really frustrated with. He wasn't frustrated with all the rich people. He was frustrated with God. And it said, I didn't, this was bigger than anything I could understand until I went to the sanctuary of my God and I understood there. And he went and talked to the one he was frustrated with. And that's, that's the biggest thing that people can do is, you know, I told my kids for years, this is an open, this, this is a free speech zone. This house is a free speech zone. You can say anything you want. You can ask any question you want. You better ask it with respect and you need to be ready for the answer. Hmm. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. We can ask him anything we want. We better ask it with respect and we need to be prepared for what he has to say. And that's what Asaph did when he went to the sanctuary of God understood therein, and then he realized, oh, and, and you know what's fascinating? In the middle of all the troubles, he said, oh, I was so mad at God, I'm going to give up. And he said, and where was I? I was in your presence, held by your hand, guided by your good counsel. Mm. God had never forsaken Asaph. I just I, I just think that's amazing. I love that. And, and Jeremiah went through something similar when he cried out, God, you've deceived yep. me. This is not at all what yep. I had thought you yep. meant in chapter 1. Um, but then God said something interesting to him. He said, if you extract the precious from the vile, then you can be my servant. And mm-hmm. and I think, man, what a well, what, what a statement. It's like there's there's something precious in this vile rebellion of you challenging my sovereignty in your life. Pull that out and you can serve me. Yep. Because if you focus if you focus on the vile, you're you're gonna you're gonna layer and, and you're never gonna see the hand of God in something, you know? And and I just think, man. You know, uh, Pastor Robert, you know, as you get older, you know, and as I get older, I I starting to realize when it comes to church and just, you know, corporate Christianity that there's so much and I don't want to downplay this, but there's so much less there than there is in my personal private walk with God, because I I find that in that arena the, the show is very easy to put on both for me and for others right but but when i'm getting alone with god now i i'm realizing something man i am more broken than i ever thought i was <laughs> both my mind and my thoughts and god is more gracious and merciful than i ever imagined and 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 you know you don't i guess my point is when you're younger in the lord you don't know what you don't know about yourself right and and as you now are are you know, and I don't I'm not saying you don't have another forty or fifty years, but as you're as you're on the back side of of of, mm-hmm. of life, and you're kind of you know you're getting closer to eternity. Like, what have you learned in regard to yourself, and in regard and, and in regard to God? Well, what I've learned about myself is I'm a fallen, broken, terrible human being. <laughs> you know, the things I get offended at people about. How did they do something like that? Oh man. How have I done the same thing to people? 
And dear mm. God, I'm so sorry. Um, and the thing I've learned about God is, you know, our son had fallen. He's three years old, fell 12 feet, laying on concrete. They said, I don't know if he's going to live or not. And all that night, I'm just crying out to God, dear God, why did you like, what's going on? And all I could get was, thou art good and doeth good. Psalm 119, verse 68. And when I looked it up, it said, thou art good and doeth good. Teach me thy statutes. And I realized you will never understand God's word until your starting point is he is good. And everything he does is good. As long as I think he's angry at me, out to get me, mad at me, I'm not going to understand his word rightly. But when I come to the place where I recognize he is good, that's what I've learned about God. He is good, and he loves me. That has, that, that has changed my life. Wow. You know, I... I often, you know, I and and I've asked each of our each of our pastor friends on on this series we're doing um, the same question, and and it's this: is you know, a lot of times people think that the gospel is something that you you take off the shelf when you need to share it with somebody in order for them to get saved, and once they receive it and they they give their heart to Christ, you put the gospel back on the shelf until the next unsaved person you need to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. but, but that's not the case at all, right? I mean, the no, gospel no, is something as much for the believer as it is a yep. non-believer. Can you, yep. can you explain briefly how the gospel relates to you and how it's for you in your life and your daily life as a believer of 40 years? Here's, here's, here's the biggest one that I, I struggle with and dear God, please help me do better with is this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus heard that. At the baptism, heard it also at the transfiguration, I'm a little aware of that, but he heard it at the baptism before he had preached a sermon, before he had performed a miracle, before he had blessed anyone, before he had listened to anybody, before he had done any ministry, he heard, beloved and pleased. Hmm. Holy cow. Hmm. If, I, if I could get the, that I am loved because Jesus has placed his righteousness on me. That is my, that's the number one starting point for me. Before I do anything, I'm a Christian and he loves me, not for what I do. And I think it was Acts 9. I think it's Acts 9 where it says, and Jesus just went about doing good. Not 9, it's like, I don't remember where that is. But anyway, he just went around doing good. That's just what he did. Hmm. He, he didn't take it off the shelf. He just lived it everywhere he went. What can I do for you today, Father? Cool. Oh. And that came out of, his understanding, he's loved, and he is pleasing to the Father. Wow. wow. That's amazing. You know, I, I in, in the last minute that we have here, I just want to I want to say something. You know, when, when me and my wife showed up at Risen Life Church in 2015, there was something that was very prevalent that we had been um, missing for a while, and that was a proclamation of the grace of God. It was something where where um, it, it wasn't this works-based sanctification that was preached, do better and God will bless you more. And it, it, was, it was really, truly grace that, that at the core of who I am and who we are, there is nothing redeemable in and of itself. God chose to put his love on me. And piece of art is made valuable, not because there's anything valuable in the paint or the brush. It's because the buyer puts the value on it. And, and I right. think, man, there's something amazing in the fact that God bought us and that's what makes us valuable. And, and, and when I go there, it just causes me to bow and realize, God, thank you so much 
for the value yep. you've placed on me because you bought me with your son's blood. And so, man, I, I just, you know, we're, we're out of time for the, for this edition of, of Shouts of Grace, but I just want to tell our listeners, man, there is, as Pastor Robert saying, there's a God that loves you, and, and man, he has given his son to you. And if you will embrace Jesus Christ by faith, he will forgive you of your sins, and he will give you a righteousness that will go beyond the grave. You've been listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time here. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. You can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.